Hi, welcome back to Plus This. I am Kathy Deach. And I'm Nikki Bailey. And we made it. <laughs> we did. We somehow got through this daggone week. We want gold stars. Oh my gosh, y'all, we've been through it this week. Y'all don't even know. The fact that we are sitting here able to talk to you semi-coherently is just amazing. And relatively relaxed. Yeah. I feel And cute. And cute. I had to do a bun because she was a wreck. Look, it doesn't even make it into the sh- shot. Yeah, no, I have like a, I have a, like an extra layer of foundation. And then I actually used foundation as eyeshadow right here because I didn't bring any because <laughs> my brain's not here. <laughs> Thank you. You look gorgeous too. I like our color coordination yeah. again. I do feel like this is like my Hawaiian shirt. I love it. It's very wardrobe. cute. It is, it is a it's like a trench i guess it's like goes all the way down it's like a like a duster duster yeah as to her but it does feel like i'm a dad on hawaiian no florida there's trip. nothing dad or hawaii yeah, florida uh, florida <laughs> florida about you I feel a little you Floridian. look like you look like a gorgeous goddess of hawaii oh, come on you You're look like nice. you look like moana's best girlfriend <laughs> Who needs a lot of SPF? Who needs a lot of SPF? SPF You look like Moana's white girlfriend visiting from the mainland. (laughs) That is so nice. It's like the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. You're welcome. It's my favorite. It's my favorite movie right now. It's good. I've, you, you have know you who have Moana you are. earrings on. Do I have on Moana earrings? They're very Moana. They're the Moana colors. My niece, who is a year a year old, is obsessed with Moana, and she carries a Moana doll with her. She wears this big, oversized Moana nightgown, and it's just the cutest thing. It's really. Auntie cute. loves you, Bryn. Hi, baby. Yes, yeah. I I know that score intimately because I had to teach it to children. Did you? And it was beautiful until like the seventh school learned it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like. <laughs> then you're like. If anyone sings How Far I'll Go Ever Against Me, I, I will, I don't know what I would do. I might have See done. See the light <laughs> as it shines and now it's okay. behind me. It's a few, it's a few years. No one knows how far it goes. Oh, I thought you were going to give me that last one. I don't know. In, in my, uh, uh, yes, yes. Thank you. Live your life. Love that movie. I'm gonna go home and watch it. It, it made again. me cry the first time I oh, saw it. Oh, I have yeah. the the goddess image in that movie. Yeah, is literally hanging on my wall. I printed out and cut oh. out pictures of the goddess from that movie, it's and beautiful. it's hanging on my wall. Yeah, love I it. Know. It's really beautiful. Well, thank God for children. The children are our future. They do make me feel better. <laughs> Let's talk about things that made us feel better this week. Yes. Let's start with, I mean, it's ridiculous we say Lizzo every week. But we do girl be talking about Lizzo every week. She's <laughs> nailing her life. She is doing the damn thing. And she makes me happy every week. And I'm not sick of her album yet not at even all. A Just little bit. listen to it no. as I was getting dressed. Yeah, Me no. too. Mm-mm. Me too. Today I found like a whole new appreciation for lingerie. Like I was Ooh. like that song like hit me in a new way today. Mm-hmm. It was great. Mm-hmm. I know it's always something mm-hmm. new. Uh, we've talked about before the album itself is just so like no holds barred like just like it's so full out. It's yeah. so, she's not holding back at all. It is pure. I mean, there's been a meme going around her lately that uh, she is 100% that bitch. 
And this album is just 100% that bitch doing the damn thing. It is power. It is strength. It is beauty and vulnerability. There's a song about how she's just got a song about how she cries sometimes, (laughs) but she real cute. While she crying, Even she cries. and yes. so and she not changing herself because she yes. cries. Don't tell me not to cry. Not I'm to cry. pretty yeah. when I cry. I love her. Like She's that. just amazing. No, it is. Yeah. It's, it's um, anyway. So she had two moments this week. Two, two. The first one that probably made the most noise. First of all, MTV movie and television words like that's still a thing that happens. I didn't even God know it still them. came on. I am no longer MTV's target demo. God bless. Them. I'm not even VH1's target demo no more. I don't even be watching that. Who is stuff. MTV's target demo though? Because who is watching? I think it's teenage teenage girls. They're still doing it kids, apparently. Yeah, so, but they had a movie award, and she quite brilliantly did Juice as. And uh, in homage to Sister Act 2, and which obviously changed all of our lives. Right, Anyone who right, sings was right. changed by that movie. Absolutely. I've sung that arrangement of Joyful Joyful at weddings, uh, plural, mm-hmm. with a choir of friends, mm-hmm. <laughs> because we think we're cute. You are cute. Okay, anyway. <laughs> we all love Sister we Act 2, apparently. And obviously Lizzo, Lizzo did, did too. Lizzo did too because Lizzo turned it out on the stage. And they had the exact with outfits from the movie. A complete homage to the they movie. They even said, she said, take off the robes. I was like, oh my God. Yes. It was, it was so cute. It's so good. We so posted good. it. You can go on our page and yes. look at it if you haven't caught it. We're not going to show it here because of, of YouTube jail. Yes. But <laughs> and then after that... They showed the clip from that performance on The View. Yes. And Whoopi invited Lizzo to come on the show. Well, why wouldn't they? Because Whoopi was like, um, as you can see, Sister Act 2 holds up. Yes, it do. Hallelujah. Yeah, because she must have had, she probably was trying to do a Sister Act 3, and they were like, no one no, cares. Right. Sister Act do 2 it, was the bomb. Do a Sister Act 3, y'all. Yeah, please. We're here for it. Anyway, yeah. I want Whoopi to have all the jobs. I think Me she's too. brilliant. Me too. Also, in the same week, there was the Songwriters Hall of Fame mm-hmm. and Missy Elliott, of course, Missy, getting all her props. Missy, get her props. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. I mean, it's so time. She was gone so long. And honestly, I didn't even, like, I was heartbroken when she was gone. I'm going to be honest. I was really heartbroken. She, I was obsessed with her. And was worried about her, rumors of lupus. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true. Mm-hmm. But I was like, really like, is she never going to come back? And then and every time she, she has, And then every time she dropped a track or like guessed it on somebody yes. else's track, I'm like, oh, 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 is this, oh, it's is a this, new Missy. Missy, Missy coming back. <laughs> Missy coming back. Yes. yes. <laughs> and finally, everyone came in their damn senses and are giving her these awards mm-hmm. like she should. Mm-hmm. And Lizzo did a song and that was a, was it a brat song? She did it with Debrat. I don't know who actually was it. Was it a, was it a Missy Debrat? It was a Missy. Though? Yeah, it was a Missy. Debrat. I think it was that she like did, and she had the cutest little wig with finger waves. Mm-hmm. We had there's a photo of that too. Red, yeah, red hair with these gorgeous finger waves. I know, yeah. and like 
the and then she took a picture with all of them and Queen Latifah. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. what is happening? This it's is just, literally like everyone I've ever loved my whole life yeah. in one space. Yeah. I it really was a beautiful thing. It. it was a beautiful thing. No, thank goodness because there's a lot that's a shit show that's going on. One of which, dun dun dun, y'all. They bring in the biggest loser back. Can you believe these motherfuckers right here? I mean, have we learned nothing? We have learned nothing. Oh, actually, what has been learned is that Americans will pay ridiculous amounts of money, go to great lengths, put themselves to all sorts of health risks to lose weight, and the Hollywood knows that. And so The Biggest Loser was this very, you know, a popular show. And all kinds of branding came out of it and all kinds of really amazing, you know, like all kinds of great merch. So they know that they can make money playing on the fact that, you know, Americans are obsessed with weight loss. Even though we all know that none of it works, that the people who went on The Biggest Loser themselves themselves didn't keep their weight off for the most part. What I love, though, is that they're like this they have like this much knowledge like a teeny millimeter of knowledge that this is kind of busted right because in the in the casting notice y'all that Mm -hmm. i wish only one of our friends got i had several friends i had uh, we had we had a viewer say that that she got a casting notice and she forwarded it and she sent it to us sent it it sent it and uh but (laughs) since then i've had several actress friends tell me that they also Uh got the act the the casting notice as well so they claim the reboot will have an all-new holistic approach and feature men and women competing not only to lose weight but also to improve their overall health and well-being. <laughs> so we don't think so. It's so they know like a little teeny tiny bit that it's busted, right. and they're gonna after torturing someone play the wellness card right. and be like, "How are you feeling emotionally? Aren't you healthier?" They'll probably don't do you feel some better? some blood tests at the beginning and tell us, you know, that they're cholesterol lowered or some junk like that but basically they don't mind presenting america with a tv show where you literally watch fat people try to kill themselves to be thin it's literally torture it is torture what they do to what they do starving them i mean one season they had a whole thing where they had like a tempting refrigerator where i don't i i I didn't watch it like of a mountain of of cupcakes right and so, like, and the and the person who won got to eat as many as they could after because that's good, right? I mean, it it is so, and you know, it's funny because a lot of people write about this this dichotomy of like all the food in the world being presented to you like the best, most delicious thing ever, mm-hmm. and then in the next commercial, but you it but you can't, you can't have, have any of that, or if you do, you're definitely gonna have to pay for it with right. all this weight loss. Like in our culture, we have this like excess of all kinds that they try to sell to us all the time but that's but you are setting people up for failure and we can say this guys with absolute conviction Mm -hmm. and i i cut and pasted the pasted this study one more time we've talked about so many times the scientific american um picked it up and there was a study of 14 out of the six seasons they had 14 people who said they would 
you know, be a part of the study. And the numbers are abysmal. It's this, uh, the one doctor who ran the study said there used to be a mythology that if you just exercised enough, you could keep your metabolism up. But that clearly wasn't the case. These folks were exercising an enormous amount and their metabolism was slowing by several hundred calories a day. This is the author, Kevin D. Hall of the National Institute of Health. Uh, he's out of Mar- uh, uh, of Maryland, and he said their metabolisms didn't speed up again when they regained the weight. Also, which means they lost all of that weight in a ridiculously unhealthy way, and then they didn't. Their metabolisms didn't improve, so they're that much more likely to gain the weight back and keep it on, and plus additional or weight. have to in order to maintain a weight that they're at, even when they gained it back. They'd to, have to, to right. have such a crazy low calorie count. Right. They literally tanked their metabolisms yeah. for that stupid show. Yeah. And I honestly hope that we get it. I don't know what, I didn't even see what network. I don't know if it's the same one. I don't know who would listen to you because people love watching people be tortured. Right. So I just hope that. I mean, if you have any family member who's seriously even considering this, I literally want to start, like, a campaign to not, to stop the people from actually signing up for it. Yeah. Like, that's actually yeah. what I want. I want them to not have any options. Yeah, yeah. And I want people to, like, get woke fast and, yeah. like, just say no to this. It's hard. And, and Maybe we should make a video or something and, and talk about it and uh, invite some of our other friends uh, and, and previous guests to also post some videos. Because it... it it's the kind of thing that, you know, I don't know how big news this is outside of, like, I, I only know about it right now because we because people we know got casting notices. So I don't know if there's been big write-ups about it yet. Right. But I would love to see the, the fat activism community, like, show up and be like, look, this is not, this, like, we see that you're, you're going to create, recreate what was already broken. Yeah. Let's stop this. I'm happy to email our guest list yeah. that have been here to the show yeah. and ask people to make a little video saying, you know what, L- like, just love yourself where you're at. You don't yeah. have to be tortured for entertainment. Yeah. No amount of money is worth it. Yeah. No amount of money is worth it. Having literally your metabolism tanked and then having to suffer that. It's so destructive. It's so destructive. Yeah. And no holistic approach is ever going to. Right. right. Like, how are you going to be holistic about the way, how fast you want people to lose weight. Like, there's no way. Especially if weight loss is the goal. It's not even, they're saying health is, but really it's, you're not calling, calling it the biggest, most healthiest person. You're calling it the biggest loser. (laughs) You're not changing your brand. Yeah. No, it's still, it's still, and and, you know, I'm still there, they're still going to be having people exercise to the point of, of, of puking and, uh, you know, injury. Injury. A lot of them were injured. Yeah. So that, and they're not talking, and they yeah. didn't weren't able to talk about it on the show. But a lot of them afterwards, after that NDR whatever ran out, mm-hmm. they ended up talking about it. Y'all. Anyway, so thank God for Lizzo making something bright and shiny. She week. really did. Thank always. You, girl. Thanks, Lizzo. Angel. We love you. Thank you. We have to get we have to get our guest out here. We do. You've already been having a kiki with her. I'm a little jelly. Oh my god, I'm so Jenna. excited. I'm going to tell you to have me on. I'm out of whack. Because talk I got about, to be on <laughs> I got to be on her podcast called Woman of Size. And Which is so good. It's so good. And we had a great conversation. And she's amazing. She is super funny. And I cannot wait to introduce you to her uh, after the break. 
Yeah, we're going to watch her right After now. the break, we're going to watch right now Jenna Schmieding, who is a Lakota Sioux stand-up comedian, and this is some of her stand-up. So, work. Enjoy. I don't know. <laughs> my name is Jenna. Um, my Lakota name is Wachi Washtewi, which uh, translated into English means, Men are fucking My gosh, you guys, welcome <laughs> to Plus This, Jenna Schmieding. She yes. is a Lakota Sioux writer and performer. She uh, she is the host of the Woman of Size podcast. She was a teacher in the Boogie Down Bronx for 10 years. Yes, I was, yes, I But was. is now out here in L.A. She's writing about her body and her identity, and she's been featured on Huffington Post, Hello Giggles, Salty, Bus.com, Reductress, Basically, this girl is turnt, y'all. <laughs> Welcome, and Jenna such Schmiede. a beautiful writer. Oh, <laughs> so beautiful! Obviously, so funny. Thanks. As a comedian, thanks. thanks. And your po- your uh, podcast is in how many seasons now? This is its second season. Um, I did a, a first season totally by myself, um, and it's thirty six episodes. A nice whole number of thirty six. Um, and yeah. I was like, I literally can't do this by myself anymore. Yeah. Um, so I shopped it around to a lot of uh, podcast networks here in LA, and not a lot of success because the podcast uh, uh, network community is very male dominated. Mm. And uh, mm. uh, Hoo Ha a media company f- uh, that amplifies uh, women in comedy, picked up my pod, and they've been wonderful. Awesome. Yeah, thirty-six is no joke. No, it's a really horrible. No. Our first season was twenty-eight, and I don't know how you and I had a partner in that. I don't know yeah, how you did it. If That's... I had a co-host who was carrying half of the, I'm race. not even carrying half. But but the <laughs> fact that she, but the fact, no, seriously, like. Like like I'm I'm carrying like like a quarter, so, but but like and I'm already like with the quarter I'm yeah. carrying I'm like oh Jesus it's no joke so I can't imagine doing yeah. thirty six on your own that's crazy yeah, yeah and this season so I'm in the second season I just released the uh, the seventeenth episode of the second season but we're going to forty um, in this season and I'm already like I've already almost completely uh, finished my um, interviews. Uh, there's a few spots left, Kathy, oh, so oh, don't oh, you worry, oh, girl. Oh, oh. get you on there. Me? Me? <laughs> oh. We still have some room. Mm, um, nice. But yeah, um, I'm having a lot of fun, and I'm learning a lot, and um, I get to like, like uh, do something about the things that I think about all the time. So tell us about, we were, before the show started, you, one of your episodes got retweeted by someone... Kind of cool. <laughs> it got ruffaloed. <laughs> My episode got ruffaloed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Suck yeah. It, suck it. Um, well, first of all, Elizabeth Banks um, founded Hoo Ha So she retweeted the episode and like posted about it. And that was a huge boost to Incredible. my morale and also 
my listenership. Um, but a couple episodes in, I, I woke up in the morning and I saw that I had a bunch of notifications from Mark Ruffalo. It was wild. And it was a good episode, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, retweeted the first episode of the second season, which um, in which I interview um, a guest named Tate Walker, who is also a uh, fat Lakota two-spirit person. And it was a really great episode, uh, very informative. Um, and, yeah, I, I f- tripped out. I texted everyone I knew. <laughs> and I, you know, <laughs> to brag about it, but... <laughs> Um, then I went into my kitchen and my refrigerator was broken. Right. So. Oh, that, that's that's obviously and how you that couldn't goes. Call, yes, that's and how you couldn't goes. call Mark to. And Mark was not available. No, I, was, I was like, Mark, uh, <laughs> <laughs> babe, <laughs> the refrigerator's broken. Babe, you're gonna have to pick up a new fridge on the way home. I'm sorry. I don't know what is going on. It's like an old used fridge. Um, yeah. So I had like a meltdown. <laughs> but yeah. It's been it's been a really fun time. What do you it's, think is the thing that you learn? Like, what is your episode you think you're the most proud of or that you learned the most? Oh my god, doing? that is such. I think about this question all the time because uh, I'm learning so much in each episode. I mean, honestly, it's pretty wild how much I've learned. And this project that started as kind of a comedy project, um, amplifying women of size in comedy and in Hollywood and and kind of getting a, a dialogue about uh, sizeism and weight-based stigma, size-based stigma in our culture, um, that has ended up becoming a bit more of like a research project uh, on settler colonialism and the ways in which um, uh, our... Our uh, suppressed histories has led to where we are now. Um, so I personally like a lot of the more deep divey intellectual episodes. I just had Caleb Luna on oh. the podcast this last week, and um, Amazing Caleb is a <laughs> queer femme brown activist scholar um, and fat person, and he has been extremely informative on uh, essentially um, linking the things in my mind that I have a hard time articulating because I'm not necessarily a scholar. Um, But Caleb's work really revolves around identifying how um, stereotypes that are were formed around um, black women's bodies during enslavement um, and resulting from settler colonialism, that entire system and the transatlantic slave trade um, has led to the stereotypes that we um, apply to fat people mm-hmm. now. So those same- Absolutely linked. And I've, yeah. the Twitter feeds that he has given are incredible. Incredible. I've learned, there are f- several scholars that I follow and mm-hmm. I will be like 38, 39. I'll yeah. keep reading. They like will- spell it out for you and you know for someone who like I I like to think I'm academic and then I actually talked to someone like Dr. John Paul last week who's an actual academic yeah. and you're like nope I'm really not nope, I just like I'm being a comedian near, wow. I like being near I said academic. the word fuck like one too many times in this conversation because exactly. it's the only word I know but I there's something about the Twitter bite-sized thing that when they break it down in little bite-sized things yeah. it's easier to digest mm-hmm. and I I know people hate on Twitter because it's an awful rotten place many, many times. I do not know why people hate on Twitter. But I it's think taught it me is a lot. really informative. And especially in the Native community, it's one of the only places. I mean, Native grandmas and aunties are like 
hardcore about Facebook. That's something <laughs> that I've learned. But uh, native Twitter is a thing. Um, and it's like really helped me to build like kind of an online community with native f- folks that are scholars, activists and on the political spectrum from uh, like anarchists to, you know, NASA scientists that are native. So, yeah, it's been it's been a re- delightful online journey. Yeah. So tell us a little about um, how you identify. So. Um, in all of the different ways and then how does that impact the comedy that you do and the writing that you do and how does that all sort of work together well I think um, well I think I am I am new to using the word fat as an identifier but I do use it now um, I used to wor- use the word chubby um, and I still understand that I have thin privilege in the spectrum of fatness um, but I also identify as um, a native woman. I am Lakota um, to my native peers and family. Um, but to like a non-native community, I would just identify myself as native or indigenous. Um, I use the word indigenous feminist because I do identify with feminism. And um, But I, I also recognize that feminism is also kind of a colonial construct so there is some like uh wavering there in terms of in native communities around the word feminism but yeah I'm an I'm a comedian I'm an activist I'm an educator I'm a writer I'm trying to be a screenwriter I'm trying to tell um native stories from a point of view native point of view in Hollywood which is a makes me want to kill myself (laughs) uh it's really hard but yeah it is it is hard it is hard the first time that tough first time I ever saw you was the the clip that we just showed from the it was a show at UCB mm-hmm. and it was on Columbus Day. Mm-hmm. But the show was all indigenous performers and writers. And it was the first time that I'd ever seen it. And you mentioned in your act that it was the first time that you'd ever been on a stage in a show that was all native people. Oh, yeah. So I don't even know if I've ever been on a stage with one other native person, have I? I don't think so. Wow. I don't yeah. think so. And I've been doing comedy uh, for 15 years plus. So I have, yeah, I I think the comedy scene is like, as I'm sure you've experienced, Nikki, pretty white. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was a delight. Yeah, it was an Indigenous People's Day, like, comedy uh, variety yeah. hour yeah. at UCB. It was really, yeah. Um, and it was delightful. It really it was. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, props to Joey Clift who put it up. Yeah. Good job, Joey. Absolutely. That's good. Can we talk about your writing a little bit? We can. <laughs> you wrote a piece where you said that a sex worker came onto your show and was talking about how you could support them. And they said, well, you have to make it that it's normal, like yeah. to not make it salacious. And if you took your own photos, that were a little bourgeois uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, that that would actually help yeah. her community and I thought that first of all blew my mind totally and, blew my mind too and yeah. you wrote about how the way they talked about 
their work and about how it's healing and therapeutic and mm-hmm. all that I, and that that is a point of view we don't get yeah and i would love to you know to talk more about that i mean even i back in the day used to always have this thing she'd be like i want to do a lingerie ad but you wouldn't want to do it and you know i'm a little bit older than her and i was just like in a place where i was like yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't yeah. want to do it i just feel too grown and right. now we went to that Vegas pool party <laughs> and now I'm like, bring on the naked picture. Like all of a sudden yeah. I feel like, um, yeah, cause even before that you were like, I'm not wearing a bikini and I'm, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but like I, on the other hand, I'm like the total exhibitionist. I cannot wait for us to do a sketch where I get to be on stage naked. Yeah. It's all you want to do. And so, <laughs> but I, what I loved about this, this amazing article why I take sexy videos of my native body that was on saltyworld.com what I love about it first of all it's beautifully written gorgeous it's and it so speaks to on an emotional level like all of the thought process that I ever have about sex and dating men and and yeah and and being and feeling desirable and what and it's so beautifully written and and speaks to all those things. Did were you freaked out about the idea that these pictures of you in your boudoir, yummy nakedness were going to be on on the interwebs? I was. I was really freaked out, and I picked ones that didn't that didn't show a lot of my body because I was freaked out. Like I'm still freaked out that it's floating around out there. I mean. Listen, I quit teaching. <laughs> I can't, I'm making it impossible to go back. Right? <laughs> and I did it in that article. Um, <laughs> I really trapped myself in it, but I did it on purpose. I did it on purpose. Um, Miss um, Jan is in this yeah. paper. Holy shit, Miss oh S is naked. Um, yeah, I, I, it, it was a really, you know, it was. It was exciting. It's it's exciting in the in the way that taking those kinds of pictures is both scary and intimidating. As an adult woman, as a fat adult woman, it's fucking scary, yeah. and and it's also exciting and like it felt really fun. I did it with Laura Delarado, who has been a guest on my season one of my podcast, but um, has rights for um, a Refinery Twenty Nine and. She's like dabbled kind of in sex parties and like just like exploring sexuality and sensuality. And so she took the pictures for me and she was a great photographer. And now I know if any fat um, people want to take like DIY photos, boudoir photos, you do what Laura did and you just stand there with a the camera and just say, holy shit, this looks amazing. Oh, my God. Oh, you should sell these. You should sell these. Men would pay thousands of dollars for these and i was just like really <laughs> wow i just felt like that was my f- i laughed yeah, out loud i did too i that. did too you sh- what she actually said was you should charge men a thousand dollars to look at you to look at you is to what look she- at you i loved it oh my <laughs> god look, yes. but maybe she even said for you to look at them maybe yeah. that's what she said it was so brilliant i was peeing myself it's so it's it's wild to think that there are people in this world that have those kinds of experiences normally I mean I doubt it's as normal as I imagine it is for straight-sized people but the idea of um, the the experience of feeling desired by the gender that I'm attracted to um, 
which is also shifting in my discussion, my discussions about um, sexuality. And Welcome to our <laughs> world. Yeah. To my I, world. Yeah. <laughs> I am changing my minds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's, uh, but the experience, and that's kind of why I wrote the um, article was because the experience of being desired, authentically desired by men um, is something that's really foreign to me. I don't really, you know, I see myself in the mirror and I think I'm a beautiful woman. I'm, I'm a woman and I, I, I don't dislike what I see. Um, and I think I'm attractive and I think I have a great personality. I mean, I have a great oh personality. Oh my God, you absolutely do. <laughs> I have a winning personality. <laughs> um, but I really do think that um, men are trained to not see fat women or fat people as attractive. Or if they even, do, yes. they're ashamed. They're they, ashamed. They live in shame about And it. I've had discussions with people. Uh, two episodes ago on my podcast, I had a great episode um, uh, with Ashley Tribble, who has worked in a dungeon, and she's done some sex work, but she's also, uh, you know, just like her online... If you follow her at Chubby uh, Ashley Chubby Bunny, she has a great. She just posts images of fat women in lingerie, just looking, looking the sexiest, mm-hmm. looking the sexiest. And it's like, uh, and we talked a lot about the ways in which we're not actually having conversations, even in um, sex positive spaces. We're not even having. We're not having conversations about the exclusion of fat bodies mm-hmm. in we're, sex positivity. I mean, really not really. And true. and it's and it's really un- unfortunate because um, that uh, silencing results in mistreatment of fat bodies mm-hmm. sexually. And um, the amount of times I can talk, you know, to my fat friends and my fat peers and the stories that we're sharing about sex are not the same as the stories that I'm sharing with my straight size peers. Mm-hmm. They're sad. Yeah. And dark. Yeah. And they're we're not having good sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so all of that is interconnected and it's kind of why I wrote this um article is because in the same way that fat bodies are mistreated sexually um, I think that native bodies because being a native person being an indigenous person is also a silenced experience mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a history of erasure and um, that erasure leads to um, some really really unfortunate data and statistics and experiences around uh, you know everything Everything that a, uh, uh, you know, sexual violence and violence and human trafficking and, you know, there's the experience of being a native woman is either sexualized and fetishized as a fat, as a fat experience, it might be. And uh, it's also um, not talked about. We're not having these conversations yeah. in yeah. as native women either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... We have a lot to make up for. I'm sorry. As the white person here, I'm really sorry. Damn <laughs> it you. makes like it moves me to tears hearing you talk about it. Like it like is it actually to my core upsets me because that there's nothing that could be more true than that. Yeah. And that the people who were so generous when we got here, they were so generous to us. And that we just can't and then in all this talk of reparations and like mm-hmm. them having the big, you know, thing today, mm-hmm. it's like if you do not ca- have encounter with that, like, yeah, 
sidestep with with yeah. what we've done to native people yeah. and what they deserve to yeah oh let's take a break so i can get it together <laughs> but then we're going to talk about i want to talk about her other article too and i want to talk about her amazing etsy shop <gasps> oh, yeah. yes so oh, many yeah. things we're oh, gonna yeah. take a quick break promotional consideration provided by scrubs body an all-female-owned business giving you permission to pamper in jars and bottles. Now with a brick-and-mortar location at 245 Main Street in Farmingdale, New York. Still available online at scrubsbody.com. I don't know. So if you do plus this <laughs> gift, if you put in plus this, plus gift, this gift, people who are watching, I mean listening only on a oh. podcast, you can get... A free gift free from gift Scrubs, from the scrub. which I used today, and she used I today, feel, and she made us all touch her skin. I oh my, feel I amazing. I haven't used mine yet. I'm very it's, excited, and it's like a ginger one. And it's like my favorite smell ever. <laughs> it's delicious. Don't you sometimes want to eat your lotion and your body this, scrubs? This is so natural. It is <laughs> and edible. You can eat it. <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> really kidding. Good. Yeah, there's, it's like the bath salts. <laughs> there's things you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is a sugar. This is a sugar scrub. It's a sugar. So it's that. It's that. Um, And they used to say, um, "Safe enough for your public parts and your private parts." (laughs) I don't know if I want to put sugar up there. I'm not putting any sugar in my private parts. I'm just saying, it's sweet enough. If if you needed some exfoliating, you you could do that. Did you see what I just did? I, I might have missed the full frontal. <laughs> oh, yes. That part That's is my best. sexy look. <laughs> my lucky girlfriend gets to see me make this face. Oh, my God. People who aren't watching are missing out on everything. That's why you need to not We're going to make a gif of that. Yeah, We're just going to make just a gif. Watch the, not just listen to the podcast. You need to watch the vlog. There's a lot of videos. Okay. So this is at, like, minute 40. So around minute 40, you get to see all that. You can fast forward if you're listening. Okay, so let's get into the other favorite article that we loved. Oh, that I want to see you perform it, actually, as, like, a spoken word piece. <gasps> Ooh. It was so... I so clearly heard your voice Ooh, reading it. I did it. perform it. Well, I read it on an episode of the pod. Oh, boy. I don't even remember. Do you want me to read it? It's like se- a seven-minute read. It's too long to read right now. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. we are going to have you um, on Fetch as a guest <gasps> uh, as a guest Ooh. performer on our Fat Sketch Comedy Show. What? And then you can do it then. Or oh, you can do yes, something yes. else, whatever you want to do. You're totally a member but of the Fetch article, Comedy now. <laughs> You're, yeah, you're totally a member. Totally I actually, in. I actually asked her in the very beginning, but she was too busy, because I, I have been stalking her for quite some time. We, we're, and we're um, these stalkers of yours, I've been. That is why I went to that 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 show, that Indigenous People show, because I had heard oh. about you, had never seen you perform, and I was like, I'm gonna go to see you. But but the article is called "To All the Chubby Native Nieces from Your Chepa Auntie." How do you say that? Chepa. Chepa Auntie. Chepa. So tell us, first of all, it's just, it reads like a love letter to, from your, like, it's just, like, I imagined you reading it, but, like, in that moment, I was like, it's such a lovely auntie thing. It's like that, you know that aunt who is the one that keeps it 100% real with you? You know that aunt, the one who takes you to get your ears pierced when you're not supposed to have them pierced? The aunt that takes you for a tattoo or gives you your first drink? It's usually Goldschlager. Anyway, that's the auntie who wrote this article. And it is, tell us about, like, why did you feel like you you needed to be the one to write this article? 
Well, I um, I will say that that um, in Native cultures, in the Lakota culture specifically, um, but I'm sure this is true in most Native nations, um, auntie culture is lit. Like, it is the shit. Um, and, um, you know, like, womanhood is honored in a way, in a different way than it is in our mainstream white culture. Um, where we, you know, usually in, in, here's how I view mainstream white culture. We treat our moms like shit. You know, like, the narrative is like, you hate your mom. Um, fuck you, mom. Slam the door. <laughs> run away. Like, oh, our moms, you know, all that they've done to us. Um, which I don't buy into. Um, and then our cool dads, you know. We got a cool dad. And he's fine, but he, like, doesn't put in a lot of work. <laughs> Am I totally off base? No, you're, 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 you're I'm with you. I'm with you. But um, the way that we relate to each other in Native cultures, in Indigenous cultures, is much more, um, uh, you know, it's, it, it uh, speaks to the term, it takes a village. And every adult carries equal weight in the raising of our children. And, and I think um, that opens up a lot of doors for the ways that we can relate to each other, um, aunties and uncles, as uh, second parents mm -hmm. and grandparents as mm -hmm. second parents and, you know, sharing the burden. And I was raised by an amazing auntie, um, several amazing aunties. Um, and I, as a single woman who doesn't have children, consider myself to be an amazing auntie. Mm -hmm. I try really hard to be an amazing auntie. It's a big responsibility um, for all the fun reasons that you named mm -hmm. because aunties are cool as hell. Mm -hmm. um, uh, they fit a sacred role that a parent can sometimes not um, fit into. Um, but I also think that um, the role of the auntie is to tell it like it is mm -hmm. and to, um, with no judgment, to uh, help usher um, maturity into the lives of young people. Um, and I wrote this because in my family, it has been acceptable to be the size that we are as a family. And in a lot of Native families that I know, um, there's a lot of chubby people. And <laughs> uh, chepa is the Lakota word for, ch uh, for fat or chubby. And I think it's a kinder word than fat. Fat is an English word, and it's laced with a lot of um, subjugation, and it just has a lot of, you know, it's it's been good to reclaim it and to bring it back into the fold um, and to, like, kind of revitalize the term, but it still has some pain attached to it. So I really like the word chepa um, because it doesn't really have that weight. <laughs> Pun intended. Can you please make a Chepa t-shirt and can we I, wear I'm it? thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, you should. You I also totally. love the Gorda um, yes. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also mm -hmm. like that word, Yeah, too. me too. So I know that we we have so much to still talk about. I know. Um, but Etsy. Etsy. You Okay, so this woman, not only <laughs> is she funny AF and write all kind of awesome stuff and is a great performer, she also is... A beautiful bead artist who makes the most beautiful jewelry on her Etsy shop. I, I, I did not spend no money because 
I was legit hoping she'd bring us gifts. But whatever. <laughs> anyway, tell I us did, about your, I did. You did? I did bring oh gifts. My I did bring Are, gifts. Is what you're wearing something you made? I Yes. I oh made. Oh, my God. It is um, so Bolo pretty. ties. This is a bolo from um, a Milky Way themed bolo line. Um, and this is the planet Neptune with like a little tree branch in front of it, as if you're looking at it from a distance. Um, I also made these earrings. I mean, I wear all of my own stuff. <laughs> yes, you should. Uh, actually, just oh, I only sell uh, my beadwork be- so that I can buy other people's beadwork. <laughs> I just really love beadwork. Um, well, I made you both um, some Aww. pride-related Oh, my uh, God. That's earrings. so exciting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh Happy my Pride God. Month, everybody. Happy Jeez. Pride Month. Oh my God. I love They are so fun to get in. Oh my gosh. Look how them? pretty. Ooh, I love them. They're real cute. There's hoops. There's so shan- oh those are gosh. that style's called chandelier, but I call them shandies. Shandy. I love them um, both, and I'm I'm actually gonna borrow Kathy's oh, too. She is. <laughs> she is. <laughs> Do you want to know Ooh. why? Because I have a sad story. <gasps> My ears aren't pierced. Aww. That's I a shame. Uh, They've been... <laughs> she don't care. She won't take them. I wish I would have thought of that. You know, a lot of people... I've found out a lot of people don't have you their know, ears pierced. You know, I've had them pierced twice. Oh, no. Once when I was five and once when I was ten. And both times very terrible circumstances they closed up Aww. so you i know just what? was like well, i don't you want know you to what? be re-traumatized i'm gonna take <laughs> these <laughs> off your hands you take <laughs> over here you, or I'll, you know you can you can give them as a gift to somebody uh, I think an I, lgbtqia I think, person in I your think life i just them gave them as to a gift Nikki. yeah it, it, was that a gift i don't know let's see i think she's gonna wear them the but when the i month. have you on the podcast then um i'll i'll make you a bracelet or something that you can actually wear that is so lovely nicest and so unnecessary sorry because i will buy something yeah i that yeah, so bowler thing i'm too. yeah the bolos are really fun it's i really actually for great. a while i was like i can't wear this because my boobs are too big and i did i thought it was no, gonna hang strangely I love it. It looks it looks now great. i'm kind of down with it like drawing attention to my little cleave right there and i also had not known that you could wear a bolo without a collar shirt so like yeah, now i'm like, like oh my gosh yes. that's so cute i love it yes my etsy store is called city indian um it's city the word city and then n D N, which is mm-hmm. a a, colo- a colo- colloquial colloquial spelling of Indian. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> it's those big words. I'm not a scholar. <laughs> I said. Um, well, I, we're gonna talk about hot topic anyway. It's gonna make us wait, mad. Wait, wait, before we go. Oh, what? I want to mention one other thing. Yeah, tell me. That last week we had Dr. John Paul on the show, who mm-hmm. uh, is going to have an article in the upcoming book, "The Other F Word," oh, and Shanna oh, yes. is also has a has yeah, a chapter in the upcoming book, "The Other F Word." That's and right. I wanted to make sure that we we mention that because we are so hyped about this book. It's got a young adult focus, and it's all. Um, articles and, and pieces written by fat folks for young fat folks. So I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. Oh, that's so great. Would you, did you do something completely new? Um, completely new, yeah. I wrote um, a little essay about my experience growing up in an all-white school and, um, but being a, the native, a native person who uh, was a part of two worlds and mm-hmm. kind of the switching back and forth and what body image was seen, how it was experienced in one world and how it was experienced mm. in another. So. Yeah. That's fantastic. Do people do people have a feel a certain way when you say that you are native? 
Like, are people surprised? Do people? people... Here's the common response when people say I'm native. Me too. (laughs) What? (laughs) Which, which is also in her stand up. You gotta, you gotta hear her do this whole thing. It's so amazing. People want to be native so bad, but they don't want to have the whole weight, the baggage. It's true. Black people. All claim that we have some native in our ancestry, <laughs> but you know what? But, but there is a real do. history. But, there is, but very likely do. Yes. But like we all claim it because, yeah. be, partly because uh, the stigmatization of blackness is hard enough. So we want a little. We want you know native <laughs> people is pretty. We want some, we want some good looking native people in it. Oh, we just want to add it. We want to add oh, some no. additional <laughs> additional trauma to our history. But like part of it is I think that like for black folks we want to claim that good hair and that and so like if we can say if we can say we have native ancestry then we can be like oh that's why my hair be laying um, but like, that's my that's my native side but it, it's also oh, no. it's also though it's also highly possible that that it is much, of, yeah, more much more possible yeah that we would have it than, i do think yeah. that as americans in general the uh quickness with which a person um Elizabeth Warren Ooh, can just oh. claim uh, mm. native identity yeah. using 23andMe or my yeah. grandma, my grandma, great grandma yeah. w- rule, or whatever kind of um, authentication people want to make up. Uh, it what it what it is what it does is it uh, takes up space in an already very small environment where the some of us. The, the small communities that we have where we're like, we need resources so bad. And then, you know, non-natives come in. We call them pretendians. They pretend to be <laughs> natives and they use up those damn resources. Oh. We need them. And we're active in our communities and, you know, and making sure that right. we're be able to reach back and help others. And yeah. we so can't do that if it's great, too crowded. So just because your great-great-grandmommy might yeah. possibly have, could have, maybe been... Mm-mm. Choctaw don't mean you actually get to claim it. No. So, no, that's my that. family story. <laughs> we're like, no, nah, because grandma so and so is Choctaw. And remember, we got that picture of her. Remember that picture? Can't nobody find that picture. We don't know where that picture is. Oh, my God. So- oh I still believe God. it. I, I, I believe it more than most. So, yeah. I, I have a very dear friend who found out that her great grandmother was African American. And, like, it was like a photo that. She was like, Mom, mm-hmm. that's your grandma? And she's like, Yeah. And she's like, That is a black woman. And oh, yeah. that's just, she's black. Like, yeah. it's no right. denying it. Right. Ty and Burrell got, uh, yeah. Did that, that PBS oh, was that Finding, Finding, your, Finding roots, your Roots, my favorite show. And he has um, a black grandmother, great grandmother. Yeah. And she was like, We've never talked about that. And, you know, but she's not walking around being like, I'm black. I'm now. black. You know no, what I mean? No. There's like a way. She ain't out here Rachel Dole is all <laughs> no, I mean. Thank God. Don't do moly. it. Just there's like, but like not even, they were like Dutch or something. Right? They yeah. were like full on Holland yeah, born like people. Wooden shoes. <laughs> it's real. Like whatever. Anyway. Swiss mix. I Motherfuckers. <laughs> I mean, she just really. Making your like, hot chocolate. <laughs> Mom and dad came out and everyone was like, whoa, like, <laughs> this is really trippy. <laughs> it was, that was crazy. That was crazy. Oh. I, 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 we're having a great time. I do want to talk about this because I feel like you two are like two of the people I would love to hear what you had to say about this. Oh, Eric Garner. Oh, you man. know, this, this happened on Staten Island where I went to school. 
and this so the culture on Staten Island is already a thing like oh, yes. the racist culture yes, it's 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 already a thing so and then having the police be involved in that nobody was surprised and when the whole Eric Gardner thing happened and the video went out it was I mean I knew the block that he mm-hmm. died on I it's like on the way to the ferry and I would go, go to the ferry to go into Manhattan all the time in school so it's already like horrific and horrifying and like watch like watching something that's like it, i mean it's almost it's almost your eyes don't accept it because you can't believe it's happened and then so now the family is suing the city or this gen, the the police department that mm-hmm. these guys were a part of and their fucking lawyer actually said these words a 395-pound Garner's choice, it was his choice to resist arrest, combined with his fraught medical history, led to his death. He died from being morbidly obese. He, the it, Prompting shock snickers and disgusted head shakes in the courtroom. And he was a ticking time bomb that resisted arrest. If he was put in a bear hug, it would have been the same outcome. So what they're saying, they're trying... Mm. So I didn't even read the article. I actually saw the article, sent it to Kathy, and said, I can't read this. And she said, the article's worse than you even think it is. So I didn't even read the article. Um, if, like, 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 just for the sake of argument, if he was in poor health, we don't even know. But if he was, when somebody jumps on your back and chokes you, you die. I don't care how much you weigh, you die if someone is choking you to the point and you can't breathe. That man, someone was on his back and took him to the ground over some Lucy's? And now you're going to try to tell me that the reason he died is because he was fat and not because there was a cop on his back strangling him to death? And by the way, if he was, and like you said, go with the argument, if he was so sick, if he was so unhealthy... Why in God's name would you do that to him anyway? Right. Yeah. Why right. did you need to do Why? that? What, what, so, what? He's, so he's really sick and crazy going to drop dead any second because he's obese. But he's also super strong. And, and resisting and arrest. So Superhuman. Yeah. And we yeah. have to. Like it's like this fucked. It's so fucked. And the fact that they could sit in a courtroom and actually say this is a defense. This is literally their defense. Yeah. Was that he was. It was a suicide disgusting it's it really like um kind of it's almost like the synthesis of this like uh research that i've kind of been embarking on in my podcast and also you know there are people um uh strings stephanie strings oh god i'm gonna blow her name right now but there's an author who wrote a book called um fearing the black body um the racial origins of fat phobia and it's about this uh, tying fat phobia to the um, original stereotypes of um, black slaves, mm-hmm. women in particular, and this particular this situation, this Eric Garner situation, is to the T the essence. It's merging the rhetoric, the racial rhetoric, <clears throat> um, the unimportance, the devaluing of a black a black person's body. And uh, the devaluing of, of a fat person's body, and um, and uh, the 
in, in the same way that we uh, think have this uh, rhetoric in medicine where uh, black women have a high pay higher pain, pain tolerance, tolerance or or we don't believe fat people when they go into the doctor we prescribe weight loss for a sore throat or uh, all of these things Yahoo are News like just posted something i didn't even put it on i was like it's too much it's too much but literally posted something about a woman who had problem with like spinal fluid and her experience what she had to go through at the doctor it was it literally it was yeah. like i was reading a horror novel yeah. yeah and and this was just something she wrote for yahoo news yeah 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 no. Yeah, and this is common. I mean, we've all experienced it, and it's just. Uh, but this particular, in this case, the fact that this person is using it to the, to to the snickering of a courtroom, yeah, is like it just to me makes me it it breaks my heart. It makes me feel hopeless, and it at the same time it makes me feel motivated. Like we have so much work to do, mm-hmm. and yet. We're so far from the idea of, of fat liberation. We're so far so still. Far. Um, and at the same time, we can't experience fat liberation until we experience black liberation. Yeah. yeah. It, it, yeah. The, the two must They're go hand so in hand. It's, it's so Yes. The whole. Sabrina Strings. Thank you. Sabrina Thank Strings. You. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. is. It is completely aligned. And it. The only, only thing I can say is now that this stupid case is made in a courtroom, that it's in court documents, maybe it can help us make the case for actually getting rights. Do you know what I mean? Like, if since they have brought it into... This is what people actually believe. Right. That people believe that fat people are so near death because just by basis of obesity, just the fact that we're heavy... Um, and, and, and fat bodies are devalued to such a point that, that we are just considered the walking dead, that our lives aren't even worth, you know, our lives are worth nothing and you can just kill us because our lives are worth nothing. And now that this is on the record in like of this space in this, Mm -hmm. you know, justice system space, then maybe it is something that actually can be used for our benefit to say, this is why we need these rights, because Mm -hmm. this is disgusting. You know, one of my other things, because like, I don't have enough things to do, I really do want to start a lobby for, and I know that there, there is, I'm sure I could join one. I'm sure there is one out there. I have to just join, but I want to do like a fat rights lobby. Like we need to lobby Congress, especially about the medical community. Like that, like yeah. needs, that's something that like actually needs to happen. And you cannot hear these things over and over again. It's ridiculous. Yeah. We're out of time. Damn it. I'm just so mad. Why do we We're always run out of time? I know. I'm <sighs> sorry, Ryan. We went over. <laughs> um, but, Tell everybody where they can find you. You can find the podcast um, on anywhere that you listen to podcasts, iTunes, podcasts. Um, I appreciate a rate, review, and subscribe. The podcast is called Woman of Size. You can also find me on the socials at Woman of Size Pod on both um, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You make it easy. Are you, do you have any um, stand-up gigs coming up that we should know about? You know, I don't have a lot of stand-up gigs coming out because I'm really trying to hone my sketch comedy career and become a screenwriter. And uh, Oh, how dare you? How dare you do I know. sketch somewhere else? I mean, um, you know, but you know what? You get a piece of me every week. Lay off! <laughs> <laughs> God. She's going to be a guest star in Fatch, guys. Yes. That's all I have to say. You can find us at everywhere at Plus This Show, including Patreon. 
Patreon. Where we put extra after the show content. We're going to make a little video with Dear Jana here. Probably because we have 18 million more things to talk about. And obviously like subscribe and share. That always helps us out. And anything fat you want to talk about, let us know. Facebook is hot. So, oh my God, why is my friend calling me? Don't you know I have a show? She thinks you're done because we have no (laughs) You guys, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Same time. Plus this. Bye.